Hello guys, I'm just giving a disclaimer for this episode. This episode contains sensitive topics, contains um, child abuse, contains a lot of cursing. We try to keep it PG-13, but the topic itself, it's just too hard to um, not get angry about. So uh, just to put this here to, to make my viewers aware that what they are getting ready for. Hello guys, welcome to Vaudeville. I am here with two guests. Um, I'm here with Nicole and Kat. Say hi guys. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about... Abducted in plain sight. <laughs> so you guys are in for a treat. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Okay, so Abducted in Plain Sight is a movie. It was originally released in 2017, but it really gained popularity in 2019 when it was released on Netflix. The movie, it's mainly about Jan Broberg and her family. And Jan is abducted and groomed and sexually preyed upon by Robert B. Birchtold. He's mostly called B., in the story so that's what we'll call him and then the things that happened between him and jan's parents mary ann the mother and robert who they call bob i guess to differentiate between b and him so we'll call him bob and she has two younger sisters karen and susan and it's just all about them and how they navigate through jan being preyed upon by this guy and just it's got a lot of ignorance got a lot of pedophilia got a lot of grooming got a lot of alien talk so <laughs> let's just dive in okay. this story has it all yes like everything <laughs> you want in true crime is like piled up in the story like i think except the actual murder so <laughs> There's yeah. literally no murder. Oh my god, really. Thank god there's no murder in this because... <laughs> I mean, if they really wanted to put the cap in everything, they would have just killed someone. So right. that, that would it happened. would hit me over the edge. Like if Jan had ended up dying, like spoiler alert, she doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't actually yeah. die, so she narrates it like Not only does she not die, but she grows up to me like an incredible person. Yes. Like, she does. Yeah. Like, she is like a huge advocate for victims of abuse and like she is like smart and like articulate and like goes around to places to like talk about her experiences and like you know provide like empowerment for other people and I'm like way to like have such a shitty situation and become like a total fucking badass you know (laughs) really really like feel like I'm it's shocking that she grew up to be such like a, a a normal person, mm-hmm. especially given like what all we're about to talk about with her parents and what happened with B, you know, and she deals with B. We see that in the movie. She deals with B her whole life, yeah. basically up to now. So should we start from the beginning and just. Yeah, but I just, want, I just wanted to like add something to that in the sense that you know even when she has been abused it, it didn't give her the excuse to abuse people in the future because B's like in court like hey i was abused when i was five years old like he told the parents like in the beginning like, hey i was abused when i was five years old and like 
he's using that as an excuse of why he ended up being this yeah. way so she's like yeah. hey i was abused but i'm not using that to abuse other kids or yeah. you know people in general i'm, I'm i ended yeah. up being becoming you know who i am today and being a strong person and standing up to my you know attacker but yeah that, i love that about her <laughs> that's so true yeah that's- yeah i mean <clears throat> obviously like we all know like Uh, abuse like works in cycles you Mm -hmm. know so like typically people who have experienced abuse will go on later in their life to become abusers or at least like um, manifest abusive behavior and like for her it just shows that like you know we have like the power to like choose what we want to do with our lives and like she chose to like break that cycle which is like like so good but also like so necessary like yeah Uh, i think that too so yeah let's start from the beginning (laughs) yeah like the beginning part is quite interesting i thought like after the beginning because you know the documentary is not even that long like you expect the documentary to be over two hours so i'm like okay this is going to be over and done with like the beginning just says like oh b was attracted to jan he was so fond of jan i was like okay so this is going to end quickly but that wasn't it (laughs) that wasn't it at all like yeah it started like with like that letter or something like it started because he would like record for her like it because at first i thought like oh this is some kind of reenactment no it was really him talking his voice is showed all these pictures of her as a child and he was just talking about like how he was just attracted to her and i was like (sighs) (laughs) she was nine like by the way if you didn't know her age at that time she was nine years old um I don't know what people see in nine years old. There's nothing sexually like appealing when you see a child. Like I don't get it, like at all. And like the when you hear his voice, it's creepy. You know that this guy is creepy. Like I thought, like the way he said reenactment, so they're making it more sinister. It was his actual voice, and I was like, that was that. I I can't listen to it. Like it gave me chills just hearing his voice. I was like, no, he he's a predator from the way he sounds. You know, he's a predator. Yeah, and it just, it's, the fact that he could, like, give those to Jan, like, that he was in a position to be able to give those to her, for her to listen to, I was like, I already know that something bad is going to happen. Yeah, they're so creepy and so weird, and, like, uh, like, another huge red flag, like, if the parents, like, heard any of that, or, like, knew that's how he was, like, talking about their kid... Because, like, I think at some point they talk about, like, pretty on- early on in the beginning that, like, like he would talk to the parents about his attraction to the daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. why, why would you know that? And why would you let him talk about your kid like that? And then allow him to be around your kid and, like, nevertheless alone with your kid. Right. We really need to talk about that after the first kidnapping because that's when it really just gets, like, ridiculous in what they allow him to do exactly but it's also the fact that like i understand because a lot of stuff like a lot of true crime that i watch the victim will be like 16 you know in their Mm -hmm. teenage years and the parents are like i just didn't know and i can understand that because you want to give your teenager you want to give your kids some sort of privacy Mm -hmm. you know 
But Jan was nine years old. There should have been no sort of privacy. You should have been looking in her room. You should be wondering why she's spending so much time alone or with this older man. Yeah, it was all <laughs> happening in their house. Like with 16-year-olds, like if bad things happen to them normally, they're leaving the house and it mm-hmm. happens outside of the house. But like this was happening in their house. Like why would you be downstairs with your spouse or whatever, your partner, and then some man is just in your kid's room for hours on end and you're like, oh. That's normal. are just having fun. <laughs> just Love me. Love me. That, that be. He's so great. That oh he, he seems like a good man, you know. He, he seems like a good man. <laughs> but that's really what they said. Like, at the beginning, they're like, oh, B was such a great guy. We moved in. He was so cool. We had dinners together. Our families, they had kids that were our kids' age. Yeah. And everyone was friends with everyone. And we met them in church, so they had to be, like, pure as no. Yeah, I think that we should mention that they are part of... They're Mormons, right? They're Mormons of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm -hmm. I feel like that should be mentioned because... I think it has a lot to do with the naivety... I don't know how to say it. Naivety? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) really though because i want to just mention that like when ted bundy was going through his whole thing about like being tried for murder and stuff Mm -hmm. the same church the mormon church was like he couldn't have done this he's a great guy like why are you guys doing that to him also the mormon church is very similar to the catholic church in which there's a ton of corruption a ton of pedophilia a ton of abuse a lot of it's happening from the higher ups, and they're all cis white men. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. So, as me personally, as someone from the Catholic Church, I, I actually like. <laughs> I know I'm like cat, okay. Um, but like to be honest, that really happens. Like in most churches I've been to, the higher up people have the advantage over a lot of like people. This not even like okay, yes, only the Mormon Church or Catholic Church. Every establishment I've seen, like in terms of like in relating to like religion, most of them have that happening there and like there's a lot of investigation in most of the churches you think you see like even like pentecostal or baptist or anyone like most of it it's it's really scary you know in for certain people um to um for certain people to (laughs) (laughs) sorry for certain people to like um comprehend to be able to like keep that belief and still like watch all these things happen um like even i'm catholic but i still advocate for like against those things happening in the catholic church you know it's yeah for sure (laughs) i don't think all people who are catholic are pedophiles or something (laughs) i think there's a lot of bad apples in the catholic church you know not all priests You guys should be excited that my priest doesn't listen to my podcast. If not, I'll, I have to go for some serious confession or something. But, but yeah, um, I mean, the, the, uh, this is aside from the whole Mormon church thing, because even I wanted to talk about, you know, I sent you guys like uh, talking about like the documentary Prophet Spray, which is also Mormon, Mormon yes. extreme Mormonism, which is 
way worse than like the F um, the L D is L D S right? I don't want to say yeah. LSD. <laughs> I think he has I think that's like a whole like Yeah, it's a sect like, like a different yeah. sect of Mormonism. Yeah. Like they still call themselves Mormons. But basically like they split off. I love how we're going from abducted to inside <laughs> to just talking about religion. But they broke off because they wanted to have like 50 wives and Mormonism yeah. like banned that a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. But I'm Mormons are still very problematic. I'm just gonna I mean every to be honest, most religions are true. Baptists are problematic. Mm-hmm. Protestants are problematic. Everything like Presbyterians are problematic. Organized religion (laughs) is problematic. You know, I I agree. I I agree. agree. I totally agree. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So now back to it because back to the story. Back to the story because if we sorry for the tangent, this will be like a whole. (laughs) This will be like a whole different podcast if we like move away from um that uh but yeah uh let's talk about the i guess we have to go to the first abduction right so which do i say abduction or willingly giving your child out to a predator <laughs> she will be giving- that tea girl spill that scalding tea because so they're like all friends, you know, they're friends with the wife, they're friends with the kids. They're all, it's just like a nice, happy, meshed up family. Mm-hmm. So one day B goes to the parents and is like, I want to take Jan to this horse thing, stables or something to go see some horses. She's a horse <laughs> girl. Yeah. And the first thing that comes to my mind is why are you only inviting Jan? Like, why aren't you inviting the rest of the girls and your kids? Yeah. The thing I kept thinking the whole time while I was watching this is like, what? What is he telling his family? <laughs> you know, like, well, did they just accept that he's just like always at the neighbor's house? Like, what's going on? Well, well at first, it kind of seemed like he he was like using his family to be able to get in with Jan. Like, he's like, oh, you guys come over. And while you guys are doing your stuff, I'm going to be like, hey, Jan. <laughs> and then, like, vice versa. I think he, you know? And then I, and then this, like, first abduction is, like, when he's like, okay, you know what? Screw it. I want Janny, and I'm going to get Janny. You know, one part that really made me, like... Nicole's not making that face. You look so scary. One part that really made me, like, question, like, the whole family, even, like, way before the first abduction, is that they let this guy pick Jan from piano lessons. And I'm like... Yes, like, I'll just pick her up from piano and then we'll go because they were were like, well, she's got piano. I don't really know if she should be able to do all that. And he's like, well, I'll just pick her up, you know, and then we'll go and we'll be back and she'll have had that experience. So they're like, you know what, B, we love you. Okay, you're handsome because the mom (laughs) says he's handsome at least five times in the first 10 minutes. She's like, oh, he's so handsome. They're like, oh, you have a family and you go to church. You must not be a psychopath. (laughs) Right. Like we both were a part of the same church. So he takes her. And then (laughs) he doesn't bring her back. And then four days, four, four days later. They finally call the police. Well, here's the thing that really, like, pissed me off. Because it's the mother's, like, most, like, the, the giving of the daughter, literally, was the mother's fault. Because the father came back, I was like, where is she? 
And he's like, oh, she's not back. I'm like, she's not back. It's obvious she's not back. And then the fact that, like, even, like, she was, like, um, the, the wife comes to her and was like, oh, yeah, where is um, B and all those kind of things. She's like, oh, yeah, she, he took Jen and da-da-da. And the wife was like, oh, okay, whatever. And when he came to calling police, she was worried for the wife. Like, how would you be worried? Is it a worry for your child? You're like, oh, yeah, I don't want her, her name to be splattered everywhere. I'm like... It's your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and that just like begins the whole narrative of the parents caring so much more about themselves. Exactly. Than they do about their kid. And that's like the true tragedy of the whole story. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, it's me, I would say mostly the mother because even like when we later talk about like, the second abduction, abduction where the father's like, it's not a good idea, and the mother's like, nah, she's feeling bad, let's put her on the plane to the, wherever they went to, it's, it's just, like, it's, it's, it's like, and the mother, I still feel to this very day, has feelings for B, because she's like, oh yeah, I loved him, I loved him, like, yeah, <laughs> the mom is gross, and like, when they get the FBI involved and stuff, she's like, well, back then, we didn't have kidnappings and stuff, and I'm like, this is the 70s and the 80s, girl, this girl, <laughs> like this is this is like son of sam john wayne gacy ted bundy green river killer this is their prime time and you're saying there's no such thing yeah. back then uh, as abductions <laughs> i remember when she said oh yeah we don't we don't lock our doors i was like you don't lock you your know doors. i love the cliche of the beginning of every true crime podcast they're every like word. these things don't happen in this town and i'm like well bitch <laughs> They're starting to happen in a lot of towns, so y'all better start locking your doors, okay? <laughs> right. It happened the next town over, didn't it? <laughs> it happened in this one. God. And then the other cliche is, like, the cops will always be like, I've been on the force for 79 years. <laughs> the I'm literally 300 years old. Right. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And I'll be like, okay. Okay, Mike. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. Mike, that's such a cop name. <laughs> okay, so then we, meet, we meet Pete Welsh, the FBI guy. Yeah. Oh he's our king. He's the case. <laughs> and he's like, your daughter's been missing for a week, and like you're just now calling the police. And they're, and they're like, yeah, but I mean, he's going to come back. And the fact that Pete Welsh has to tell us, I had to drill it into their heads that their daughter has been kidnapped. And I'm like, and he's just looking like, you know, what, what am I going to do with these people? Yeah, for real. What is going on? I mean, they're, I mean, I do feel bad for them in the sense that like, especially by the time the second kidnapping comes around, spoiler alert, there's a second kidnapping. (laughs) By the time that that comes around, that they really have been manipulated and victimized and blackmailed, threatened, all of this. But by the time we enter this first kidnapping, I don't feel bad for them at this juncture because, you know, I mean, I feel bad that they thought they could trust this man with their kid after being friends with him so many months and all this. But when it's four days to a week later and you have not called the police and you're still thinking he's going to bring your kid back. (laughs) I, I, what, what? 
I know they they put the whole word naivete into like a new level. Like I I was so I was still like you guys are parents. You shouldn't be this naive. It was like okay yes this is your first child. Not your first child. You have three kids, three and you it's 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 not like oh you guys are first time parents. Your first time parents go through like a lot of naive phases. But you just have you had two daughters before you had her, and you still don't know what's going on. Like it's like you guys are in this weird cocoon. And you can't you can't see reality. Like they either don't have TV or they've never heard of the word crime in their lives. Or they never went to school. Or like I don't I don't get it. Like it's just so I, I, I really don't know. I was I was like, these parents have issues. There's a problem somewhere, like in their psyche and it's like it's manifesting right now. <laughs> they like cannot accept that this man is bad or like they can't accept that people are bad and like i think at some point they are relying on like they're like they're choosing ignorance is bliss you know like because like even if even if you live in some fucking planet let's say where you know you don't know that there's murders and serial killers and pedophiles out there like like wouldn't your gut tell you like something's wrong you know, and they're just like, whatever, here's our kid. <laughs> Pick her up from piano. I, yeah. I feel like Janu at nine was even less ignorant than her parents. Like, it's at one point, she started thinking, like, this is weird, to be honest. Yeah. Like, well, I know she believed a lot of things that he said because, you know, it's an adult talking at that time. But if she was, like, a little bit older, even, like, maybe she was 11, I feel like it would have been more... It would be like been a a entirely entirely different story. Like, right? Like her parents are, I'm sure in their forties and stuff. They're in the forties, and this forty year old guy is able to make you. I don't know. I I was so pissed. Like from start to finish, especially with the mother. The mother was the one that made me like want to like toss my TV out the window and like wish that people were not like this. But I guess people are like this. I'm sorry, but. That's the world we live yeah. in. <laughs> I think by the end, the dad has sort of come to grips. Like, okay, B is not who he said he was. Mm-hmm. But that mom just holds steadfastly <laughs> through that thing, okay? Okay, so before we get through that, let's talk about what Jan experiences during the first kidnapping. Yeah. Which is him planting the idea of alien abduction. Yeah. So she wakes up in this trailer that I'm sure smells horrible. (laughs) I don't know why, but I just feel like it smells horrible in there. I mean, it's a creepy pedophile's, like, RV. Like, of course it's... Like, I just feel like the stench of other children's souls that have been... Oh, no! ...are just permeated through that room. Anyway. Anyway. So she is... She hears this tape and it's talking about how she's really an alien and she's got to save humankind by like having sex with the man that's about to come in the room. And then B comes in the room. And I'm like, it wasn't even like B came into the room. She came outside and saw him bruised and beaten and like in the, yeah. Cause I know that I remember that part and I was feeling like, Oh, what poor girl, what she has seen. And the guy yeah. is acting like, you have to he be a psychopath like to do that. Like, 
Yeah, he's a psychopath. Like, there's no other thing I can say. Because who thinks of, like, oh, let me pretend I'm dead? Because she thought he was dead for a moment. And I was like... And he, and he hurt himself. Like, yeah. he was bleeding. In yeah. order to, like, create this illusion that they had been abducted by aliens. And let me also add that he was giving her sleeping pills. Yes. Yeah. she was, like, very incoherent, had no idea... No concept of time at this point. She had no idea where she was. Mm -hmm. She literally woke up and was, like, in this dark, creepy fucking, like, what she thought was abandoned RV. And these fucking aliens are talking to her. And they're like, oh, you know, your savior, the one who will save humankind with you, is outside waiting for you. And then she, like, walks outside and it's him. (laughs) And you're like, of course, it's this guy, you know, because he's, like, creating this whole thing. But, like, I mean, like, what a, what an absolutely insane thing to, like, tell a child. Right. And she, like, loves B, like, as a, like, a second father figure at this point. Because mm-hmm. they've spent so much time together, you know. So it's like, not only was she drugged, not only is she being told this story, but she also probably doesn't believe like she probably would never think especially as a young child i think she was like 12 when she was abducted the first time Mm -hmm. she like would never have believed that this guy who she's known for so long would do anything to like hurt her or manipulate her in that way yeah which is exactly how like child predators like prey on them you know it's because kids are unsuspecting they assume adults are there to take care of them and that they're not going to do anything to hurt them which like makes it even more malicious and disgusting right and you see like her childlike self coming out because when she says like she she didn't even say like she was in an abandoned rv she thought she was in a ufo like in that instance and i was like oh poor child like you know you don't like you act from that moment she was like okay i'm not in this world i've been adopted because i'm lying you're just thinking of aliens and unicorns and you know all those things you don't exactly see reality in that sense and i saw you know, that that really touched me because i was like this is sad this is bad and this is just he, he's crazy like the guy is right crazy yeah and by like planting this like mission mm-hmm. he is like planting the seed to like continue this abuse for a long time and he's instilling fear into her and telling her if you don't have sex with me there will be major repercussions that extend beyond you and like that is like the most manipulative and disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life honestly like this poor girl like the way Jan as an adult describes the fear and anxiety she felt at all times times like it it just like broke my heart honestly because he 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 ingrained that in her head i feel like from then to the second kidnapping yeah like that was just something they always talked about like don't forget <laughs> it made her want to go with him yeah i and let's even like talk about like what the repercussions apparently that if she doesn't sleep with this guy if she doesn't fulfill her mission like, and the mission is that she has to give birth to the savior by 16 and I'm like, wow, okay. Um, and like the repercussions, like your dad will die. Um, your sister Karen will go blind. Mm-hmm. Um, you will vaporize. And um, your other sister Susan will take your place. I was like, what the? That's do- a lot <laughs> of pressure to put on a child. Especially about the sister. Like you don't want this. To, like you know that this is like, you know, in your heart 
that this is wrong, that something is wrong with this whole dynamic with you and B. And the last thing you want is to inflict that on your sister. So I feel like when he said that about like how the sister will be the replacement, that that just sealed the deal for her. Like she's like, okay, I've got to do whatever I've got to do to make sure this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That- so he rapes her. Yeah. Constantly. Like, yeah, during this abduction. When she yeah. talks about how she would like look up at the leaves through the skylight, yeah. I lost it. Like, I was. And like how all these years later, like she's a grown, established woman, and how it just like clearly affected her. I mean, she had tears in her eyes while telling this, and she's already written a book about it, you know. All of this, she's probably talked about it in years of therapy, and it still brings tears to her eyes. Like, it still affects her so much. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, this poor woman, this poor person, this poor child. So yeah. how how did they um, find him? Because I feel like that has to be, like, <laughs> talked about. Because it took... Um, it took them, I think I wrote down either 90 days or something for them to the police to be able to tap his phone. And that's yeah, they were gone a while. Yeah. But I been- actually cannot remember how they found them. I remember actually. <clears throat> so what had happened was um, they were like in the middle of nowhere. Didn't they go to Mexico? That I think that was second one. <laughs> That was the second time? Okay, so the first time, they were in the middle of nowhere. I'm pretty sure then it was California. I think that's the other place he took her. Because they lived in Utah, right? No, that was the second one. The second one is where he takes her to California. Yeah, takes her to that school. school. Yeah. That was like the second adoption. This this is the first one. I think Then I don't remember where they went the first time, but I do remember for sure they caught him because... Um, he kept calling the mom. He kept calling Jan's mom and saying, you know, he would put Jan on the phone and make Jan say things like, hi, mom, like, I'm safe, I'm okay, I want to be with him, and da da da. And he was calling from different pay phones. And eventually, I think the FBI just like was able to like ping the location based off the um, pay phones. Mm-hmm. And that's how they were able to find him. And it, it was so scary that even when they caught him, they didn't charge him because apparently they didn't find anything in her, like doing the rape kits and all those kind of things. So they didn't charge him for pet, um, child abuse or any other thing. They just charged him for kidnapping. Yeah. And let me say this. What I'm about to say is like very graphic. Mm-hmm. So just like a big yeah, like trigger warning. The, the disclaimer but like, like, in the beginning. So it's fine. <laughs> what did you say? Sorry. No, the disclaimer. Um, we'll be in the beginning. I'll still put like a disclaimer so you can see as much graphic things you can say. In the okay, episode. cool. So when he rapes her, she explicitly says he would only like put like the tip of his penis in her, mm-hmm. like a very small amount, as if he was trying to give her pleasure as well, which is like so disturbing. And you know, that's why it didn't show up on, like, a rape kit and stuff. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know if he was actually intending to give her pleasure or if he was just trying to, like, cover his tracks for this, for, like, a rape kit or, you know, things like that. But it's, like, so disgusting that he they weren't able to prosecute him for sexually assaulting her because nothing showed up on a rape kit. Yeah. And it's just, like, that, it's just, like, so disturbing how, like, 
our criminal justice system has like no concept of like how like rape and abuse and like sexual violence like actually work and especially with like an adult and a child dynamic it's that that part was heartbreaking to be honest it was very heartbreaking um when she described those moments i could i can't even like try and talk about it myself because it just makes me want to break down but um uh yeah it was really like even at that he didn't even like spend time in jail which was like no i can't i can't why i looked it up because i wanted to i want like the listeners to be like okay i understand what's going on (laughs) so that was right they found them in mexico in his rv like a month later Mm -hmm. and so and then mexican police extradited him back to the united states yeah so i don't know why he decides to go to mexico twice but he does (laughs) (laughs) so the reason why he doesn't go to prison is because and the and the documentary kind of kind of like messes this up in the fact that they don't talk about what B's B did to her parents before this. Mm-hmm. But the reason why is because he was blackmailing them from their past experiences with B saying like, well, if you don't sign this saying that you gave me permission to take Jan, then I'm going to expose oh, yeah. all the dirty laundry. That, that's very so they sign it. And so he doesn't go to prison and he doesn't become a sex offender or anything, anything like that. Okay, so well, let's talk about the dirty laundry because we've alluded <laughs> yeah. to it several yeah. times, but we haven't explicitly said what's happened. Yeah. I think we should talk about the dad first because the mom is like way more extensive than <laughs> the, the dad. I, I agree. Like, I don't feel like the mom was abused in any way. She was more or less like, oh, yeah, I didn't get this from my husband, so I went to be. I was like, oh, sis, no, no. And she really well, said that. Like, the, she was like, yeah. I was bored. Yeah. No, the father was victimized. I, I mean, the father was victimized. Like, I he he seems like someone who was going through like a fake because it's the seventies. Uh, like, you can't even question your own sexuality in the seventies. You don't have that opportunity to do that. And I feel like the father was going through that phase, but like it wasn't talked about because he's married with three. Like you, like at, if you like give birth to three kids already, it's like what am I questioning myself for? Um, he wasn't apparently the wife said that he wasn't constantly doing it with her or whatever and he wasn't interested in her or how she described it but um yeah and this guy i feel like he had to know that before he could actually do that specific scheme why was it that specific scheme and not something money related why was it like you know in a sense of sexual favor related because i feel like you know i feel like b has been studying the family for a long time like knows how the father operates, how the mother operates, how the family is seems to be together, but then there is a dividing line in that family. And once he could get them, vulnerable, yeah, they were all vulnerable yeah. in different ways. And predators can see that. They can see like that's why they choose they choose which kid to prey upon and they choose which family because they can see vulnerabilities everywhere, which isn't their fault. They're preyed upon. But yeah, he can see that. Kat, you want to talk about the what, like the story that the father? The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, what happens with the dad? Did it happen before or after the abduction? 
It was before, before the abduction. Before the abduction. Okay, so before the abduction, both the mother and the father had different sexual experiences with B. And the moms, we've already agreed, we'll talk about later. Um, but, you know, it wasn't full on sex. Like, I think they, she said, like, they kissed and, like, fondled each other. Mm-hmm. But that was it. Uh, but with the dad, basically, uh, B and the dad go on a drive one day. And then B stops kind of, like, in, like, the middle of nowhere, like, in the forest or some shit. And, like, just starts breaking down crying, saying, you know, I need pleasure. My wife doesn't give me pleasure, you know, um, basically just like preying off his like emotions and his like sympathy and saying like, I need sex and my wife won't give it to me and this and that. And then basically coerces um, Jan's dad to give him a hand job. And um, I don't know. I... I don't think Jan's dad is, like, gay. Like, you know, because just because you have, like, a, a same-sex, like, sexual experience doesn't mean, like, you're gay. You know what I mean? I think he was, like, you, you know, like, I, I don't think the sexuality part really matters that much. Like, all that matters to me is, like, knowing that, like, he was, like, manipulated and, you know, like, sexually violated in that way and you know it, it's just another element of be asserting his power over their family yeah i totally agree in that um in that aspect um but in the mother's case what what happened i don't remember what led to i think i thought she went to his house or something like that because i there are a lot of instances with the mother because she this woman says that like later this is even after the abduction that their relationship goes on for eight months yeah, that after the abduction, which to me, like if it was before the abduction, I would have understood. But it was after the abduction that yeah. she really got in deep with B, and I was like, okay, girl, yeah. please. But so the first time he like calls her, mm-hmm. so he calls her and asks her to bring him lunch. And I'm like, okay, first of all, the first thing I would say is, um, where's your wife? Because I've got a husband to bring lunch to, sweetheart. Thank you very much. But she does it because she she thinks he's handsome. I mean, come on, she likes him. So she does it. And from then on... Which is why all of this shit continued to happen. Right. Like, she did not want to believe that he was just trying to use her to get to her child. Right. She wanted to believe if anything, that it was the other way around, that he was using her child to get to her, which he didn't have to go that hard, boo. You would have just walked out the door. We all know that. But so that's what starts their little thing. And you're right, Kat. They don't really take it to any kind of like full on level. They just like, they're hanging out a lot and they kiss and they fondle. And she's, and she's like, I'm in love with them. Like she said that before the first abduction happened. And I really feel like what caused her so much pain was the fact that he didn't take her away to Mexico. Exactly. That I feel- took her kid. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it wasn't the fact that her kid was, you know, taken from her home, assaulted, gone for 40 days. It was the fact that, well, why didn't he take me? Ugh. <laughs> yeah. This man kidnapped her child for a month, raped her repeatedly, 
And then you're like, you're also wanting him to like stick his dick in you. Like there's something wrong with you. Like there's something fucking wrong with this woman. Like, and like the fact that like, you know, like, yes, they performed the rape kit and it came back like, you know, like inconclusive or whatever. Like she chose to believe that. Yeah. Like any, any. Could have asked the daughter and the daughter I'm sure would have told her. That's my problem. Yeah. Did he like even when she came back the first time? Did he ask her what happened? They didn't know what happened. Like your child just came back from like months with this man. They said he kidnapped your child, and you're not. You didn't sit down your child like, oh, Jan, what happened when he took you away? They didn't bother, and uh, that really pained me. Like, why can't you ask her the question? Like, it's just, it's nothing. Like, would you prefer to leave? I like I said, they do prefer to live in an ignorant state, but like this is beyond ignorance because. It's just, like, just ask her. Because I don't understand how your child goes and you're just like, oh, yeah, welcome back. I'm cooking, you know, dinner, da-da-da. So, yeah, that's how the family acted about it. And they were like, you know, they kept being like, well, after that, you know, Jen was really hostile towards the family and very aggressive and distant. And I'm like, yes, these are signs of a child who's being abused, you fucking idiots. Like... <laughs> And they, they, it almost seemed like they were, like, blaming her. Like, they were like, oh, our relationship wasn't good because she was distant. Yeah. Instead of being like, she was distant because she was being abused. Right. And they were like, the only times that she was happy was when B came over. And I'm like, B's still coming over? <laughs> Y'all are idiots. Yeah. So, so, so then the craziest this is the craziest part of the whole documentary to me. So this is after Jan's first abduction. This is from the time when she's like 12 to, to 16, when he kidnaps her again, when she's 16, I think. 15 and the mission has to no, be completed when she, before she's 16. Right. Yeah. So during this whole time, Jan is saying that she feels like she loves him, which is just classic Stockholm syndrome, classic mm -hmm. grooming. Mm -hmm. You know, that well, what else is she supposed to feel? And maybe her brain is kind of like, you know, she's so traumatized, you know, she's like, I need to love this man in order to right. like do anything to cope, you know, we'll do anything to cope. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're kind of keeping B away from her for a little while until especially the dad the dad is like dad, no, yeah. no the mom is like yes abduct my kid and also fuck me right so there and also while all of this is happening the mom is still kind of like continuing her relationship with him mm -hmm. she's like oh you know get away from me get away <laughs> from me you know like but come here and but he goes to the parents says i've been to therapy guys and my therapist says that the best way to get over my affliction is to spend every night with jan in her bed alone alone yeah. with the door closed every night and with jan in you her know, bed do you even know the affliction and the parents are like yeah the parent because he's like well the mom's like well he said we could call the therapist oh if we God. wanted to and she was like, oh, no, that's okay. You know, he said, you know, if I call the therapist, we'll just say what he said. So, you know what? You're handsome. Let's do this. Do you, you know, you can come over. Do you even know the affliction he's talking about in the sense? He's talking about, like, the, 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 the fact that he was raped by a family member when he was five years old. He's 40 now. 
So all this time, how were you coping? Why do you need my daughter to cope now? No, they didn't ask that question. Like, you have a family of your own. Why don't you use your wife to cope? Why does it have to be Jan? Why do you have to stay with Jan? And your therapist telling you this, like, it's, did he, I, I don't get it. Like, it's still, the parents make me <laughs> pissed. I mean. Oh, also, the wife is still with him. Like, the wife stays with him throughout this whole thing. Yeah, the wife is dating him while he's sleeping in bed with his daughter every night. Yeah. And then his wife is with him through the whole thing. Gail. So, he's got Marianne. He's got Gail. Unfortunately, he has Jan through manipulation. Like, Jan is the true victim of this story. I, I, I don't even know what to say, but he really did have a therapist who told him that, but the therapist like, wasn't really a therapist. Like they were not licensed. <laughs> he had his license revoked before. Yeah. <laughs> right. He was not licensed. He was probably want, like a pedophile himself. Cause what therapist would tell anyone to do that? Yeah. But I have a question. I agree. Did it, I, I don't know how well he knew the therapist or how the therapist knew about Jan. I don't it was know only like conference maybe. calls. Like they never even met. I think yeah. the therapist was like in California. So I, I, I have a feeling that maybe he you know how you go to your therapist. I'm like, oh yeah, this is this person. You never see the person's age. The therapist might assume that Jan was, you know, his age. You know, he didn't maybe say, oh, he was a girl or, you know, all those kind of things. Like, oh yeah, there's this girl named Jan. I love her. You know, those kind of things. And he's like, boy, you have a wife. So yeah, but I love Jan. And he's like, okay, you know what? Guess I, you should spend time with jan to get over your problems whatever but yeah, or I, see if jan is really the one you want i'm sure this guy was manipulating the therapist <laughs> yeah. as well you know like that's what like abusers do like they manipulate everyone in their lives to make them think that they're a good person or a charismatic or trustful person you know so i'm sure like the conversation was you know something along like oh i have these desires i have these feelings you know and the doctor kind of picked up on the lingo and like <laughs> ran with it like i don't necessarily think he was like i'm in love with a nine-year-old named jan like i don't think he was that specific because if they were that specific i mean <laughs> like any ethical psychologist would call cps yeah you know but that didn't happen <laughs> but then again you know this guy was not licensed so, who knows? <laughs> so we don't know really whether it's the therapist's fault or like always b's fault but um, yeah, right. let's talk about we just know he wasn't a real therapist yeah. because he wasn't licensed at that Let, time let's talk so about any advice parents... he gave and and you know that b knew that you know b knew that he wasn't <laughs> a licensed professional at that time and he was like oh well a therapist said it i'm not gonna say when he was a therapist <laughs> but he's a therapist yeah. it could have been like his buddy from like you know Church. like the child <laughs> pedophilia ring because like you know from what i have like gathered to uh, like what i've gathered over like all these hours of true crime accumulations like typically people who are like pedophiles or like you know child predators like they there's community around that which is like so gross to say, Let's but like see. they all know each other. They all know the ins and outs. And like, I could go on a spiel for that for like hours, like proving that point. But like, <laughs> it's a thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how like the parents got divorced because I know they got divorced, almost divorced because they are still together. Um, almost divorced before the second kidnapping, which actually kind of triggers the second kidnapping because the parents are living separately and Jan was her dad and then Jan was her mom and that's how it led to the 
second kidnapping. Both they were weaker. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the divorce, almost divorce, actually happened because B went to tell um, the guy, the father, that, oh, yeah, I've been sleeping with your wife. And I'm guessing the father was like, wait, what? Like, I know you guys have a thing, but I know, like, after the, the, the first time she got adopted and came back home, that's when they started actually having a sexual relationship, um, B and the mother. And this opened the father's eyes. I was like, you know what? I'm going to divorce. Well, meanwhile, B was also manipulating the mother to file for divorce on their own. So they were doing like a divorce off. Like, oh, you divorce, I divorce. And then he was trying to make the mother get Jan and the kids and all those kind of things. But then she realized that her husband had the upper hand in that sense. Because the divorce was actually filed by the father because of, you know, he the, the wife cheated on him and she can't use anything against the father in that sense. So he had filed and said that she was unfit to yeah. be with the kids. So she had been forcibly removed from the house. From the household. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's at that moment she realized, hmm, this guy might not be good. <laughs> Yeah, I think she said she like went to talk to a divorce lawyer and she told the divorce lawyer everything and the divorce lawyer told her remove the thing from the equation Mm -hmm. that is like bringing all of this unhappiness and obviously he was talking about B and that's when the mom said like okay yeah I'm not gonna get divorced because that's stupid. And it's during this instability that he was able to, because, you know, B was saying, um, Jan was starting to act up, which I don't blame her all because she's going through a lot and no one's really talking to her about the issue. He's um, still being sexually abused yeah. throughout all of this. And like, still, sexual abuse has not stopped. And, and she still thinks she has... A mission. Yeah, this mission that she has to accomplish. She is, like, trying to get sex, trying to get pregnant... As, like, a 15-year-old, like, so, f- like, fervently, yeah. you know, like, it- it's just sad. But keep going, Nightly. <laughs> <laughs> so, B built this wonderful amusement park called, um, let me see what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> amusement park called Jackson Hall in Jackson, no, amusement park in Jackson Hall. And then, um, the daughter, Jan, was like, oh, I want to work there, I want to work there. The father's like, hell nah. Like, no, you aren't going to Jackson Hall for anything. And then... She- during her mother, she went to her mother, like, oh, starting to act up and everything. And the mother was like, yeah, she was starting to act up. So I carried her and put her on the plane to Jackson Hall. I was like, sis! <laughs> Once again, like a selfish decision. Like, oh, chi- your child, your teenager is acting out and you don't want to deal with it. So you're just going to fly her out to go spend the summer with a sexual predator. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, ha- like. We we know there was therapy in the 1970s. Like there was. <laughs> not think about taking your child to therapy. It's not even that. They didn't ask her what happened. That's my problem. We can you can't take your child to therapy if you don't know what happened during that span of time. And it's not as if she was. Okay. I'm sure the daughter was not was like no. It's not like oh I'm not willing to tell my parents what's happening. I mean even though she was threatened, she might have actually spilled her guts if they asked her the question. But because they didn't ask her, it's like oh well I have to fulfill this mission on my own you know yeah. your mom wasn't even threatened in the least of people it was your dad and your sisters and whatever and you, you could have told your mom you know if the mother asked her but the mother did not ask her as you can think of like the mother is just crazy like so um she was the mom is just like oh well all these people said nothing's wrong so nothing's wrong yeah <laughs> yes um so they went to jackson hall and can, can we talk about b's brother like he knew this guy was into kids 
did not report him, did not say anything about it. Was it like, yeah, you know, Bay was always into kids. He always liked kids. I don't know what he saw in kids, but he liked kids. Yeah, didn't the brother also say that like B used to like sexually abuse their younger sister? Yes. <laughs> I just so feel calm. it's a load of ignorance. Like I just feel like it's it's like ignorance is bliss. Like you know, the the brother probably makes himself feel better by saying, "Well, oh, well, I've never seen him do it. It's just like rumors. I've never seen him do it." You know. From the way that the brother was talking, I didn't really get the impression that he was, like, flase da about it. Like, I felt like he was, like, my brother is sick and I have detached myself from his life. Like, I was under the impression that they had, like, no relationship. No, they do. And his brother was just, like, talking. No, they do have a relationship. How he, like, is a predator through and through. They do have a relationship because at the end of the day, he goes to Jackson Hole. And he sees his brother with the, um, Jan. And he said his brother was so happy with her. And that's the happiest his brother has ever been. So I don't know. Like, he said he was so... He was happy to see his brother happy. I mean, he was angry that he was coming from a child. But, I mean, his brother was happy. And I was like... That's weird. I missed that part. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, he, he did say he was glad his brother was happy. But he did think it was weird it was with a child. That's... That was words, exactly. Like, I, I was like, what? <laughs> I feel like during this whole thing, I, I honestly feel like I was like, I felt like a little bit like gaslit, like they were gaslighting me <laughs> because they all just kept making everyone, like everyone was making it seem like what he was doing wasn't that bad. Like what he was doing was just like, like, oh, he likes like, like, it's just like a kink. Like, oh, he likes to be spanked in bed. Like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to kink shame anyone. You know, you want to, you want to do what you want. You want to do what you want to do in bed. Pedophilia is not a kink. <laughs> like, that's just like an illness. And I do believe pedophilia is an illness. Yeah. I feel like all of these people have just been like so corrupted and manipulated by this man. I mean, most people who are abusers are super charismatic people. True. You know, most people who are violent people are very charismatic. And that's how they get away with what they get away with for so long. And that's how they're able to manipulate people because they instill into these people's brains like, oh, well, you know, he's so likable. He's such a good guy. Like, he could never do me harm. He could never do something like this. Like, all these people are just like, he is like the core that's like um he's like moving all the puzzle pieces you know what i mean like he has all of these people on a string and is like he is the conductor in his orchestra which is a shithole of a messy life and i just thought about the fact that b does say that he was sexually abused as a child so if that's true, I'm not going to say, I'm never going to say unless I have like sufficient evidence that if you say you're abused, I'm not going to say, no, you weren't. You're just trying to find an excuse. But I'm also not saying that it is an excuse. Like, okay, B, if you were sexually abused, that's not an excuse for you to continue to go on abusing. It may be a reason, but that's a totally different thing from, there's, there's a difference between a reason and an excuse. Yeah. I mean, I don't, like, want to make this, like, about, 
like myself or anything like that but like I was sexually abused as a child throughout my whole childhood and like to me it's like even more personal and makes me even more angry because I'm like you're exactly right Nicole it is not a fucking excuse like I was abused as a child I'm not fucking looking up child porn I'm not out there like being a predator towards kids like I see what happened to me was so wrong and I would like never want to inflict something like that onto someone else, you know? So it's like, it's fucking fucked up. It's fucked up. It is. But I was just thinking about like the brother, like maybe the brother knew about the sexual abuse and maybe he is like, trying to just maybe he understands maybe he feels he understands like why b is this way but that's what i'm saying though like exactly what you said cat like not everybody who's abused goes on to be an abuser whether it's sexual abuse emotional abuse physical abuse there are some who do because I feel like it's learned behavior. Like yeah. you don't know anything else. So you're going to go on and do it. But I feel like that's mostly honestly for people who do that to their own children. Like if B had done that to his own children, but for you to target an outside source, that's, that's not a, the, the re- you being a sexually abused as a child, that's not a reason why you're doing that. That's just like your excuse. So, I mean, yeah, I agree. I totally agree. So, what happened? Okay. Uh, yeah, um, Jackson Hall. And the mother is like, I think the police is like, um, you have, your daughter is with him again. And she's like, yeah. And at, <laughs> and then she goes on the plane. I'm like, oh, I guess I have to bring her back. And then she goes and then she tries to bring her back. And I think this is where I really hate the brother. Because the brother's like, oh, don't you see they're happy? Blah, blah, blah. And all those kind of things. And then anyway, she brings her daughter back. And her daughter is pissed. Like, oh, I want to be with him. He's the love of my life. And this doesn't send red flags to this woman. This woman has no clue that this is sending her red flags. And the daughter starts misbehaving a lot more than before. Like, she's out of control. But, and the mother is just like, yeah, my daughter is out of control. I'm like, you don't know why? Like, you don't, you don't get it. Like, it's, you're blind yeah. in many ways. And so this is where um, Jan runs away, which we find out she didn't actually run away. B was waiting for her in her window, re- ready to pick her up, you know. So, and even at that, when she was, like, grounded and all this kind of things, like, to not see B, the guy was finding ways to, you know, the box where the alien voice is coming from, he was finding ways to get that into a house. And I don't know how, because obviously, I guess because the doors are always open and the woman doesn't lock her doors, but they, she was able to get that. So, so it's like a constant reminder for Jan to like, remember the mission, remember the mission and all those kind of things. And she's almost getting to 16 and the girl is frantically losing her mind and she's not pregnant yet. And she's like, oh, I need to be pregnant by, you know, 16. So it's, it's, and from there, she's able to, I guess, that's the second abduction when he finally takes her the second time. And even Anta, the mother calls him. and's like, oh, uh, B, are you with, um, B, are you, um, are you with her? And he's like, oh, B, are you with her? And he's like, oh, no, I'm not with her and all this kind of thing. So it's like, <laughs> I, we need to talk about that whole scenario. Yeah. 
just feel like, like B is like one of those people who like, every time I think about B, I think of him just like sitting up in the window of like Jan, like in Jan's window, like, Hey, Hey, you remember the mission? Hey, Hey, you remember the mission? Like, I mean, like if she tries to forget about the mission, he is, you know, like right there, like, Hey, remember the mission. And I mean, it's hard to describe, like, I understand why she feels like she has to be with B is because of the mission. And also partly because she maybe truly believes that she loves him and he loves her because she's young, you know, and he's like the only kind of relationship she's ever had. But it's like, to me, if my daughter came in and said, Hey, I'm really sad. Can I go be with this 35, 40 year old man? I'd be like, what are you over my dead fucking body? (laughs) What are you talking about? Yeah, no, no. What's going on? And I mean, I just can't get over how the mom was so attracted to be even after this. It's like disgusting. Right. Cause like, while they were gone for 40 days for the first abduction, like, did you just think that they were just hanging out for 40 days? Like, they were just... I mean, even, even, like, to this day, like, when they were filming the documentary, like, when she would talk about B, she was smiling. And, like, she she was talking about how she was in love with him with a smile on her face. No, Think about the fact that maybe that's why the mother just doesn't understand it. Or she refuses to understand it because, you know, I feel like the even though it was complicit between the dad and B, it was still like a sexual assault, in my opinion. Because, like, the dad did not really want to do that. It was all just... He was, like, coerced into it. Right. So he understands more, like, oh, like, I know how Jan feels, but, I mean... The mom was just arms, legs wide open. So I don't, I just, I mean, I, I just don't see how in, in, I mean, the mother must have some kind of issues that they just did not delve into Mm -hmm. because that's just not normal. It's not, I understand before the first abduction, but after that abduction, you know, you're you're willing to risk your marriage, the custody of your children for the guy that up uh, that abducted your daughter and could yeah, continue to sleep with your daughter every night? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. It's just like a sick, selfish person. Yeah. She there's I mean, there's no justification for what she did. And then how she acts. Like, let's go ahead and talk about the second abduction, how, you know, he abducts her again. But pretty much it's like the mom just letting her go off with him, basically. Like, I think what happens is she goes to work at that amusement park. Yeah. And then she just doesn't come back. Oh, no. Um, this is um, where he actually, she, she comes back because the mother um, brings her back home. But um, uh-huh. the, the daughter gets angry and runs away and well, yeah, she goes out the window and yeah leaves. she goes out the window and he's there so <laughs> hey jan you're <laughs> like and um he acts as if he didn't actually like kidnap her until they tapped his phone and they realized they are together and 
This is yeah, like- he was lying to the mom. The mom and him were talking like every day on the phone. And he would be like, oh, yeah, I heard from Jan today. And the mom would just be like, oh, really, you did? <laughs> yeah, and she's like, like, oh, yeah, she's going into prostitution. And he asked her, like, oh, Jan, how we get your money? And she's like, oh, yeah, bad ways, or whatever he said. And I was like, what? I- yes. <laughs> he told the mom that she was hooking. <laughs> That's what happened. He said, he said, he said, Marianne <laughs> called me today and said that she was doing stuff for money. And Marianne said, oh, bae, oh, bae. Yeah, she says his name probably 500 fucking times in the documentary. She, she relishes the letter B, honestly. <laughs> She literally loves the name B. Like, she... Uh, so, yeah. And then I think they finally figure out... So, Pete comes back. Pete Welsh, FBI guy. Hero. Pete Welsh, FBI. Yeah. He's like, I'm here. And I'm FBI. <laughs> and he's like... He's like, this is happening again, y'all. Like, wh- like what is... Go- like, he really says to the camera, he's like, what is going on? <laughs> What is happening? Yeah, he was the only voice of reason in this yeah, whole thing. The only cool. voice cool. of reason. So they finally realize that B and Jan like are together. Yeah, she's not hooking on the street. You know, like, she's she's in a Catholic And I just want to say that even though, like for people who are listening, that. Even if she went out the window willingly, this was still kidnapping. It was. She was a young child. She was a minor. She was 15. Right. She like, wasn't even 16 yet. Mm-mm. Right. Like, she had, she was groomed, manipulated, preyed upon. Even if she, I don't care if she called B to come get her. Okay? I don't care. That is still kidnapping. Yeah. So then the FBI find him the same fucking way because he's an (laughs) idiot. They trace his phone. They find him again in the same fucking RV in fucking Mexico again. Bring his ass back. And then I think the second time they do press charges. Yeah. But um, But he only spends like four fucking months in jail. It's not a long time at all. This is where he enrolls her into the Catholic school. Um, and say like, oh yeah, I'm a CIA agent, and anyone who comes here, yeah, it was say, like oh, a four month kidnapping. Yeah, I yeah. it was a lot about that. He yeah. like lied to the nuns, and the nuns believed that he yeah. was like a CIA, CIA agent. agent. And anyone, who yeah, comes- and that he had to like go on secret yeah. assignments and all of this. And anyone who comes for her, and because he changed her name entirely, and so they came up like, oh yeah, we're looking for Jan something, and they're like, who? And like, oh, you know, there's a girl named da da da, and you know, them thinking, oh, this is the enemy and they want to kidnap his daughter he's a cia agent they were like oh there's no one like here like that and they're like caught the phone and then um the police was able to get to that place again in um and and let's talk about like we didn't even talk about this but the fact that they were married in mexico oh my god (laughs) that shit broke my heart yeah they (laughs) call the kid in mexico yeah they yeah they call the parents they call Bob and Marianne and Marianne and Bob's like no way like you are not marrying my daughter 
Because, like, I think you can marry people as young as 12 in yeah, Mexico, and, and but you need, like, the parents' no, permission. No, they actually got married in Mexico, but they couldn't come back. Because if they come back, he'll be arrested for that. So he sent his brother to ask for consent. Because you can marry someone as young as 12 here, if as long as you have the parents' consent. So they already married in Mexico. Yeah, they so, wanted to stay married yeah, they when wanted they came to stay, back. They wanted to stay yeah. in America, like here and so the parents are like no you can't marry my uncle what the heck you can't marry our daughter but you know they were technically married in mexico which is sad yeah i think he threatened like we won't you won't ever see jan again Mm -hmm. unless you let us come back and be married like unless you give your consent or else we're never going to come back yeah and that's when the mexican authorities actually like arrested him because he was in jail in mexico um, yeah, he was, and then they brought him back. I I remember in TCO, like um, Jillian was like, "Oh, this is a way to spend your honeymoon in in a jail in a Mexican jail in the seventies." And I I'm not gonna make fun of the dad, but I am kind of a little bit. I remember one time like Jan called the dad and was talking to the dad because the because the sister was talking to Jan and she was like, "Dad, it's Jan," and he comes to the to the thing. He's like, "Jan." Yeah, the way he screamed. I, I, I fucking cried at that part. Yeah. Because you know, he was it. so, like, his voice went up five octaves. And I'm like, that is love right there. Like, he was, like, screaming. And he was like, oh, like, like Jan, like, are you there on the phone? Jan, is that you? You know? When he acts and like, all three hands, B? <laughs> B? B, you what? there? <laughs> like you could just tell how heartbroken she was that he went off to Mexico with her daughter. Like she because he had promised her that they were gonna get married. Right. Like why couldn't that have been me? Like she reminds me of those moms who like you know those moms that are like Jane quit wearing short shorts around Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, Cliff. Because, because Cliff will get the wrong idea. Okay, you need to stop wearing those short shorts. I know you're nine years old. Bitch, and, that is my parents to a T. And Cliff, and I know that you you think Cliff is like some 70-year-old man and you would never want anything with him, okay? But... I need you to calm it down because he's my man. He's not your man, yeah. little nine-year-old. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's how the mom was. Like, I, they didn't talk about it, but I feel like the mom was like, Jan, you're stealing my man, and that's not okay. <laughs> like, you're 15. <laughs> right. Like, you're 15. I'm 40. B's 40, whatever. But you're stealing my man. <laughs> Quit wearing short shorts in the house, Jan. So this part is like where all things change and they finally get um, Jan finally. But she's still having this anxiety that, you know, they're going to um, do anything. Um, he's, they're going to kill her father and all those things that if she doesn't do the mission. And like, so the mother finally to, to ease off. Her, the mother always sends her anywhere. But um, the mother to ease off apparently her pain. The, the, her um, behavior will change if they send her to theater camp or something like that. They sent her to a camp, though. And she met this boy, and she was like, you know, finally had a crush on an actual boy, not a man. That shit was so cute. <laughs> yeah, I was I, like... You know, um, 
Have a normal life, girl. You deserve it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. She said she was having a crush on the boy, but knowing the mission is in her head, she felt like she was betraying B and like she was betraying the mission. So she was scared. And so when she finally turned 16, she was like, you know, instead of like being excited about her 16th birthday, she was like, oh my God, this is when it's going to happen. And then She's she woke terrified. up. She's terrified. Like, yes. And like she woke up and everyone is fine and everything is about like going and not much like, what the heck happened? Like, you know? And that's when she finally tells her parents, like, oh, yeah, this will happen. And here is the mother with her audacity to say, how can you believe that? Who could believe that kind of story? I'm like, sis! <laughs> like, look at all the lies you want to believe in, girl. Yeah, Mary Like, shaming her kid, you know? And also, like, at that point in the story, when Jan was talking about when she was, like, turning 16, she had also talked about how, like, B was becoming less and less prevalent in their life, yeah. which, like, makes me, uh, like, interpret that, that as, like, oh, she's becoming more adult-looking, so yeah. he's less interested in her. Yeah, that's true. You know? And then, and then yeah, like, she, t- she turned 16... She realizes, oh, my God, everything's okay. And then that's when she can begin healing. And that's when her life, like, really fucking begins. And then she says she confides in her sister, um, the one who's he, the aliens, quote-unquote, were going to make blind and told her. And her sister just, like, was, like, there for her, like, clutched Mm -hmm. city and then, like, went and told the parents what was happening. And, like, it was, like... Such a good ending because normally stories like this do not end like this. Like, you know. That's true. But here's the audacity of B to to file charges to say that she was defaming him with her book and, like, um, all those kind of things. Because she was going on book tours. And this guy sent her to court and he was the one who was like the the lawyer for him his own his own self you know his own character. yeah a fucking narcissistic <laughs> ass move if you ask me like and then he started questioning her like oh so you wrote my name have you heard of the stories you wrote about and he's like she was like yes and this is her as an adult you know he wanted to see her he wanted to question her he demanded that he question her and he was like right, yes. and why why was that allowed like why was it allowed for him to even speak to her like i know he was like representing himself or whatever but like that doesn't mean that he should be able to speak to a victim of his there was no restraining order i totally agree but hearing her respond to his buffoonery (laughs) because like at this point when she's responding she's like 40 something you know 50 something and like i can't remember exactly what she says but what she says to him is like so poignant and like so fucking perfect and like when she said it i was like oh god like you are such a badass you know because she just basically was like telling him like how dare you like brainwash me and abuse me as a child and then sit here and look me in the eye and have the audacity to look me in the eye and tell me that i'm lying about it you know i was just like fuck you hashtag time's up bitch like (laughs) Yeah, she was, like, really, she did so good. Like, I was, like, like, her voice wasn't even shaking. Yeah. She was, like, strong as fuck. Right, because I would have been, like. I would have broke down crying. Yeah, I would have been, like, can I leave? Like, just give him anything he (laughs) wants. I'm done. I'm done here. Yeah. And the fact that he even asked her, so you're going to make this book into a movie? And she was, like, 
I don't know about that yet, but like it's in the talks, but it doesn't have anything to do with you, you know, all these kind of things. Like, I feel like he said that he wanted some money from her for defaming his name. Oh, definitely. He wanted money from her. And actually, after the whole thing, they found out that he abused five other girls after her. And I was like, shit. Like, yeah. He continued and he was able to continue because of his privilege. Not going to lie. Because people, like, it's crazy for. Even he didn't even spend a lot of time in jail, and I was actually looking up his name, and he actually has like this whole legacy in his name because he died in two thousand and seven or something like that. And I clicked on his name. He died in Las Vegas, and I was reading it. And I was like, oh, he has this whole legacy. Where they're like, oh, he was an army veteran. He was this. He was that. And they didn't even call out the whole fact that he was a child abuser. And I was like, what? oh my god! Yeah, I read it. Like if you search his name, you see he died at eighty nine or something like that. So disgusting. It was, and I love how he lived like a long life. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know how many good people die like in their thirties? And he died at freaking eighty nine. Like, what's going on here? Where's the justice? The parents too. It's like so much more infuriating that they let their own personal fears of like potentially being outed as potentially being gay like triumph over what was happening with their kid and not only did it continue to allow him to abuse their kid for so long but then he went on to abuse several other kids after that like and that's on the parents and like that's just like so disgusting like it's so gross and like naomi you were saying like he's so privileged and like Mm -hmm. Oh God! Hey. She like this just makes me mad. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like so. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, "Why are the parents not in prison? Why is yeah? Why was CPS never involved? Right? Like I, I mean, I guess because someone has to report them to CPS. Mm-hmm. But I mean, once it was a FBI case, I feel like they should have been automatically reported. I mean, I just think that none of those kids should have lived in that household. Yeah, I, I would like to see from the point of view of her sister, to be honest, because don't, you don't really hear the narrative of her sisters in this case. Like, what were they doing or how did they react to this news? Because they were older than her. They were, like, the second one, I think her name is the Susan or something like that. She was 11 and the other one was two years older than Susan, who was, like, more or less, like, 13-ish. So, like, I want to know how... They are, uh, they reacted to such a news because we don't really know. They they show them, they talk, but they don't talk about the incident from their own perspective, which is just yeah sad. I'm also interested to know what his kids' perspective was like growing up in that household. (laughs) Like if they were ever like subject to any of this, or if they thought their dad was just like a normal dude, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you could think your dad is normal when, like, he's gone for 30 days. Like, unless the mom told them he was a traveling salesman or something. Like, I mean, he had to go to court. You know, he did spend some time in jail for all of this. So it's like, unless they were really young, they had to have known, right? I mean, it had to have been, like, in some kind of newspaper, on some kind of television, you know? And then I feel like with the sisters... Honestly, I feel like they were probably really forgotten about. Like, I feel like those parents, like, really when I say the parents, I mean the mom. (laughs) Because I feel like the dad, you know, I feel like he learned from his mistake. Mm -hmm. 
after the first time and he just tried not to let it happen again. But you know, with, with a mom like that, what can you do? Yeah. She's so, like so wrapped up in her own life. She has no idea what's going right, on. So selfish. And I feel like those kids like Susan and Karen, right? Yeah. Susan, yeah. Yeah. I feel like they were really just forgotten about, they, you know, like I feel like they really like, wasn't like no, Nobody really cared about them as far as anything goes. Like, I'm sure they were fed and clothed, but I don't think anybody asked how their day was. Yeah, I mean, the parents were completely oblivious to what was going on. And, like, yeah. I think, like, at the very beginning of the documentary, too, like, they say, like, he was, like, creepy and weird towards, like, all the kids. Yeah. But then, like, favored Jan. Well, they said part that really, like, um, like, touched me was when like the father's business went on fire and then he held like the the daughters were feeling bad and then he held his daughters and i was like you know this is all i need i don't need my work i don't need my shop i just need you guys and that's when like jan realized that you know she's actually loved by people she doesn't need be in her life that that turning point that by the father really made me like respect the father in that sense in that i forgot about that the guy who's b b like lit the the family uh business on fire it was a floral shop yeah it was a floral shop um but yes so sad (laughs) but he the way the father just held them together that 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 really it touched my heart. It made me feel so sad for him. You know, I know he's ignorant, but in a sense, he's he's still. I remember when she even said that. Oh, she forgives her mother. She didn't even say like parents or whatever, because she knows that her father was maybe by her side. We don't really know as much, you know, in that sense. Because the mother likes the mother loves the spotlight. It seemed like she really loves the spotlight. <laughs> um, but um, she said, "Yeah, I forgive my mother." You know, and in my mind, I was like. Really? Do you? <laughs> do you really? If you she do. It was like after a hell of a lot of therapy that she yeah. forgave the mom, like yeah. that she forgave the parents. And I understand that because it probably would have taken me a lot of therapy and I still wouldn't forgive. <laughs> like, I mean, you can forgive, but you can't forget. Like every time I would look in that mom's face, I'd be like, you had sex with the person that like raped me as a child. Like, yeah it's so wrong like on so many levels like yeah so um i because this is like toward the the end of the story do you have any closing words before we end this podcast do you have words for parents or do you have words for just viewers in general (laughs) i do have closing words okay okay? i have seen this documentary on come up on my Netflix a gazillion times and I never gave it a chance because the production value is really cheesy and like when it first starts off it looks like a weird like UFO conspiracy theory Mm -hmm. documentary like the text font and stuff they use in this weird filter and at first you're like listening to the story and you're like this is weird what's happening and it takes a while to get into it. But once they get into it, like bitch, they are in it. So I highly recommend watching this documentary. Give it a chance, even though it looks a little cheesy. I totally agree. You know, I feel like it was shot on a real low budget, maybe somewhere in Utah because (laughs) 
Utah. It's like a University of Utah, Brigham Young University. <laughs> Budget, you know. So I, 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 it, I, at first I was just like, is this a documentary? I mean, is this the thing everyone's hyped about? But then I was like, maybe, you know, because as someone, she even said, I think when B asked her, like, oh, my name is here, and she was like, yes, I earned a lot of money from the books, but not enough to repay like all the stuff that I used to make the book in the first place so I'm like maybe they didn't have enough budget for that movie in that sense so because they had they didn't get enough money from the books as she expected or something like that but it's 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 I do recommend it too Nicole do you have like any last (laughs) goodbye final words I just want to say that to everyone abused not abused parent not a parent therapy is your friend yeah. I feel like therapy is your friend. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care if you think your life is perfect. Go get some therapy. And like, I feel like I should not be a parent because <laughs> I'm selfish and, you know, like, I just shouldn't be a parent. And if you have ever had that thought, then maybe you shouldn't be a parent either. I feel like there is a test that people should <laughs> have to take in order to become a parent because it's just not cute up in here. <laughs> It's not cute up in here. Yeah. Um, so I know this episode was unlike any other episode. I mean, this is my longest episode by far. <laughs> unlike any other episode because the content was really... There's a lot of content to work through. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Now we're in 30-minute film, you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think the, the, the episode is more than an hour. 30 minutes but let's see how it turns out but um yeah we really i really appreciate you guys like coming here virtually keeping our distance (laughs) um and still like able to you know say your piece in this part of it and there'll be more i mean there'll be more podcasts that we're going to do in the future because i actually see this commentary going on for a long time and um the yeah we have to do this again <laughs> yeah. so the listeners should look out for it um so goodbye enjoy your day and if you feel like you end up being a marianne type of parent don't be a parent just say you know uh, go to therapy <laughs> go to therapy you know um seek advice at least you know jan jan never had the opportunity to share any of what she was going through so if you're going through anything find someone to talk to i mean if you can even talk to me i'm open you know if you know me i guess um but goodbye enjoy your day and just be happy you know be happy find a way to be happy bye